Today's Jeep Talk Show is sponsored in part by Tom Woods Custom Drive Shafts. For over 20 years now, Tom Woods has been providing the off-road industry with some of the strongest, most durable driveline upgrades there are. If you're in the need of the world's best under your Jeep, stay tuned later in the show to find out how you can get 10% off your entire order between now and the end of July. Till then, head over to 4xshaft.com to start upgrading your ride right now. Oh, and check out the purchase when it arrives for a bright, shiny new Jeep Talk Show sticker. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the G-Talk Show with G-Mama, Josh, and Tony. So sit back, strap in, and And brace yourself. Tony, let me ask you a personal question. Uh, I'm sorry, Josh. You don't have authorization for that. Tammy, can you believe this guy? Well, you know, Tony, this is a show where we do interviews, so I guess it's to be expected. Look, I was just, I was just trying to... Well, you know, just, like this week, we're, we'll be interviewing <laughs> the editor-in-chief at JP Freak Adventure Magazine, Eric Walton. Look, I'm just trying to say that... All you know, right, just- well, you know, uh, we just need to keep on moving here. Sorry. <laughs> Jeep news, national Jeep news, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. And This Week in Jeep is brought to you by Amazon.com. Are you tired of waiting in line at Walmart for an overpriced fan and second-rate air conditioner? Then get your summer cool on by shopping at Amazon.com. With free two-day delivery on many items, you can get that sweet relief sooner than you can say hairy man in a miniskirt. So beat the heat and support the Jeep Talk Show all in one click. Just use this link, jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon. Or click the big Amazon button on our website. And thanks in advance. Well, Jeep sales are up 22% and are on pace for the best year ever. The U.S. auto industry has shown impressive resilience through the first half of the year with sales coming in better than most analysts expected. But even against that backdrop, 2018 has been an exceptional year for Jeep. Though the first year, first six months of the year, Jeep has sold over 495,000 vehicles in the United States alone. Not only is that up 22% from last year, but puts Jeep on pace to eclipse 2016 as the best brand or the best year of the brand ever. That year, which was the industry's best on record in terms of sales, Jeep moved 926 plus thousand units. Now there is a very real chance Jeep will sell 1 million vehicles in the United States this year. Now to put that into some context, it was only in 2014 when Jeep broke the 1 million unit barrier but that was globally now this really does say a whole lot about where the industry is if an exclusively suv brand sells 1 million units in a year just in the u.s and most analysts will agree jeep is on pace to set the bar higher than any other automaker on the planet finally my predictions of a jeep-based <laughs> global domination are coming true <laughs> You know, um, I see Josh rubbing his hands together (laughs) like (laughs) (laughs) so. uh, I just can't help but think because of the rising gas prices. I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with uh, what the uh, the outlook of for gas prices is, but uh, the the gas prices certainly are up, and and that's gonna that's probably gonna hurt the sales for the rest of the year. Yes, to some regard. Now they always go up seasonally um, in the summer for the big driving months. You know, supply and right. demand, all that. You get the ethanol blend, blends that come out as well, and and all of that stuff, so that supplies can you know last longer through the the higher demand season. 
Now, there's also something that has been in the news lately, um, uh, coming out of the OPEC uh, news pools, if you will, about production uh, being increased for 2019, which, oh. or in, in the later quarter of 2018, starting in the later quarter of 2018. Um, which would vastly ramp up supplies, which, of course, when there is more supply, and even if there is demand, the prices will go down. Right. So we may see some relief at the pump here very soon. And this could have been predicted and estimated and all that other stuff. As you know, there's a bunch of people that whose job is to do that sort of stuff, which may sort of have been the you know precursor to why we're seeing a big, heavy SUV push in the automotive market right now and have been for the last you know maybe year or so. Right. Well, you know, it was uh, people were getting rid of their SUVs. Uh, what back in like uh, two thousand five, two thousand eight, whenever the prices uh, really went up, and oh, yeah. uh, it's very interesting to see how it swung back the other way, really in a very short period of time, relatively uh, speaking. And uh, so, anyway, I I don't know about you guys, but I don't really like cars. Um, if it's a car, it better be a sports car or damn fast going straight. I wish that I, I could drive my Jeep daily. Uh, it's just too dang expensive with the commute I got. So right. unfortunately, yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta hey, drive a car. Hey, somebody's gonna be an adult around here. <laughs> All right, yeah, somebody's gotta do it. Josh is the responsible one. <laughs> who, who right. <laughs> Well, a missing Oregon woman's Jeep spotted entering Monterey County. Now, over the last week or so, you guys may have seen or heard about a woman and her Jeep pop up in the news. Now, unfortunately, it's not for anything nice. New evidence indicates Angela Hernandez, a Portland woman who was reported missing while on a trek along the West Coast, was last seen in Monterey County, according to the San Mateo County Sheriff's Office. 23-year-old Angela Hernandez was driving her white 20, uh, 2011 Jeep Patriot with Oregon plates from Oregon to Southern California to visit family when she disappeared on July 6th. The whole trip, Hernandez would call and text relatives several times each day during her journey south. That is until she reached Half Moon Bay, deputies said. Now, on the morning of July 6th, she told her family she was getting back on Highway 1 southbound from Half Moon Bay and expected to arrive in Southern California that night. However, she never arrived. And according to deputies, her family hasn't heard from her since then either. Now, search efforts did ensue right away, including Santa Cruz County Sheriff's deputies searching the coastline from the air. On Thursday, deputies say they found video footage from traffic and security cameras showing Hernandez's Jeep entering Monterey County at about 9.30 a.m. Footage from businesses along Highway 1 helped San Mateo County Sheriff's Office investigators determine that Hernandez drove as far south as the Carmel area on Friday, hours after she texted that she was leaving Half Moon Bay. Conversations with residents led them to believe she may have taken Nascimento-Ferguson Road, I'm sorry, I'm from the pronunciation of that, south of Big Sur to Highway 101 in order to bypass the current closure of Highway 1 in Gorda. Now, search efforts are slim in that area due to accessibility and terrain. Currently, there is a $10,000 reward from information leading to her discovery. Anybody with information about her whereabouts should call authorities. So I guess it's uh, possible if the the terrain is such uh, where you couldn't spot a, a vehicle that's off the road, uh, something could have happened, and uh, could, you know the vehicle could be uh, off the road someplace and not visible to uh, passing vehicles. You know, no, I, 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 I don't ahead. know if you guys had ever heard of uh, an app called uh, Glimpse, and it's spelled funny. You know how they do it, G Y L P M S E, I believe. But Glimpse allows you to uh, send somebody your location. It tracks you uh, through the, using the GPS on the phone and, of course, the Internet. Now, the Internet may not have been available on parts of, these, uh, parts of this trip, 
but uh, it actually allows you to send uh, your progress to people. And uh, I think one person uh, that uh, I actually learned about this from uh, used it whenever they were running late for meetings because that would give you an idea when the, when he was going to show up to the meeting. So this might be something good for any of you folks out there that are concerned traveling by yourself and uh, your parents or friend or spouse even, uh, you could uh, give them a constant update about uh, where, you're, where you were at, at any given time. Now, Tony, that, that is a great idea and an awesome suggestion, uh, especially for families. But there is something that investigators and law enforcement agencies uh, use that is a passive version of that that our, all of our cell phones are doing multiple times every hour, and that is pinging the local cell phone tower. Now, her phone has stopped receiving or sending signals uh, since the, the search has begun. Uh, so they are unable to determine where, where she is, where her phone might be, you know, or anything like that, just by the signal pinging from her device off the local towers. As you drive down the road, your device is looking from one cell phone you know, tower to the next, so that you can stay within network and you know maintain a constant signal, uh, you know, and, and throughout that process, this is logged and everything like that through electronic security numbers and, and every, everything else. Now, anybody in the public does not have access to that information, and I believe a court order is required to right. access that information. Uh, in which case, uh, in in the event of a missing person case like this, well, obviously that that is grounds for a release of that sort of information. So. Um, again, this is just another tool that investigators use, but in this case, uh, unfortunately that, that tool has dried up and leads are, you know, becoming scarce. So again, if anybody has you know, any information about this woman's whereabouts or have seen her vehicle, uh, please definitely get a hold of authorities. Yeah. You can remove the battery or of course, if the battery is dead, then uh, it won't ping the ping the towers, but, uh, just turning the just turning the phone off does not turn off that pinging. By the way, that is correct. So that is correct. A, yeah, a little tip for you criminals out there. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, if you guys have a news tip or if you have a response to any one of our stories, we'd love to hear from you. Make sure to let us know by phone or by email. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com/slash/contact and find out how. Hey, coming up here later in the show, we have an interview with Eric Walton, who is the editor in chief at JP Freak Magazine and JP Freak Adventure Magazine, rather. Really cool interview, and uh, God, wait, this guy's got a lot of stuff to say. We're going to peel the layers of the onion back here in just a little bit. Coming up in Tech Talk, we'll be answering a listener question about YJ Wrangler clutch suggestions. I clutched on clutch. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. We'd sure like for you guys to go check out the 4x4 Radio Network website. The next time you're online, just pop over to 4 x 4 radionetwork.com that easy you'll see the jeep talk show there of course we're all over there uh, but you've got something for well just about everybody out there even your non-jeep buddies too it's, it's all right you know we know there's there's other types out there but be sure to tell them about the four by four podcast the center steer podcast the trail chasers podcast and our newest member the on the trail podcast we've got something for everybody at the four by four radio network and uh, speaking of uh, non-Jeep buddies, uh, I was shocked and pleasantly surprised that I uh, was pre- pressed play on my little podcast player, and there was a brand new episode, brace yourself, of Trail, Trail Chasers. Chasers. <gasps> Yay, He's back. Cody's back. He's back, baby. And uh, they were uh, they were reviewing a uh, also and another- worse than ever. No, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> no, sure you know, great. Cody does a great job. <laughs> No, he does. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, speaking of uh, non-Jeeps, they were re- reviewing a uh, performance of a renegade that they took out in the Mojave Desert. <laughs> Ain't that something. That's uh, that's for you, Cody. <laughs> Cody and I have a, a, a running battle about the renegade not being a Jeep. <laughs> 
This is Steve, 4.3LXJ, with another Jeep tip, and continuing on with the Dana 30 axle, we have now talked about replacing the pinion yoke, which means uh, we've got the nut loose, and we need to be thinking about what gear ratio we want. And uh, this is determined by tire size, basically. And the uh, Jeeps come from the factory uh, with three basic gear ratios for the uh, Dana 30. And that is the 305, which is for uh, the standard transmission, the AX15s, the 355 to 1 ratio for the automatics, difference being the uh, amount of overdrive that you get when you shift into overdrive. And then finally, the 373 ratio, which was available for the, for the uh, towing package. Um, didn't matter which engine or transmission it it's my understanding if you got the towing package, you got the 373s. All of these ratios um, are fine, uh, depending on what you want to do. But if you want to go to, say, a 35-inch tire, you're going to want to uh, go up to something like a 456. A 33-inch tire, you're going to want a 410. And uh, if you, uh, say, want to go to a 37-inch tires, you may want to go clear up to... Uh, 538, although I would not recommend running 37-inch tires on a Dana 30, no matter how much you beef it up. But that being said, uh, you can go clear up to 488 uh, gear ratio in your Dana 30. And uh, I was looking at uh, Randy's Worldwide the other day. They now make a 538 ratio. Uh, the problem with uh, the 48 and the 538, though, is that this is not a strong pinion gear. There's not very much tooth contact and uh, you can strip some gears pretty easily even with really good gears. So uh, practically speaking, you know, when we talk about uh, a Dana 30, what kind of tire is it good for and what gear ratios we should have, I wouldn't run more than a 35 inch tire on it to be safe and I wouldn't go above a 456 gear ratio to be safe. And 456s with 35s is uh, an acceptable highway ratio. It's drivable on the street that way and still good off-road. Now, there's one other issue that we have to address, and that is, is that with Dana rear ends, there is what they call a carrier brake. And it has to do with the thickness of the ring gear. And to uh, save a little bit of money on machining ring gears, what they did is they had two different carriers. And so there's what we call a brake the uh, stock carriers, the 305s, the uh, 355s, and the 373s all use one carrier. But once you give above 373, you have to go to a different carrier. So they have what they call a carrier break. And then any gear ratio that is larger numerically than 373, you have to have this this carrier brake. So if you're planning on re-gearing your Dana 30, you've got to factor that into the equation. And that's only if you have an open differential. We'll talk about lockers in uh, other segments. See you on the trail. The 13th Annual Podcast Awards are back in swing this year. And this year, you can actually um, nominate the Jeep Talk Show. So just go over there to podcastawards.com and uh, you can dig around a little bit or just go to the link on uh, in our show notes for this episode 
you'll be able to uh, nominate us for in two categories, the Adam Curry uh, Podcast Award and in the ESPN uh, Sports category. So if you go over there and nominate us, we may actually win. Now, you only have through July 31st to get these nominations in, so just do it now. Shut up and listen. So shut up. You don't shut Man, up. Shut up, Shane. Hey, shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler talk. It's time for G Mama. So, you know, the past couple of shows, I had been doing um, informational pieces on the buttons in my Rubicon. And I, at the same time, I um, do videos for my YouTube channel. And one of the comments on there, um, somebody wanted to know about the other buttons in the Jeep. And so I'm like, you know what? That's a good idea. So I'm going to be working on a video this Sunday, but I thought I'd give you guys a little sneak peek of the other buttons. And this is in the lower control panel right above that pocket, that netted pocket, unless you have the JK pockets, um, right below the knobs for your air conditioner or heat and all that. Anyway, so that's what I'm going to share with you. And I'm, no, everybody's Jeep is different um, depending on what kind of packages you have, but I'm going to explain what's in my 2014, right? 2015? <laughs> 2015, I forgot. I bought it in 14, but it's a 15, so I get confused. Ah, uh, yeah, that makes sense. That's so. Um, anyway, so we're going to start out with the first button right closest to the driver's side. And that is the heated seat button. And these but there's seven buttons there on this panel. So there's the heated seats on the driver's side and then on the passenger side. Now, I just want to admit, I very rarely use this button. I did not request heated seats in my Jeep. <laughs> I was too impatient to wait for any Jeep. I wanted a Jeep right then and there. So I took the best Jeep on the lot and it happened to have heated seats. Now, the times that I have used this, I use it because of lower back pains when I'm driving to and from work. It's kind of like sitting on a heating pad. That's what you do when you get old. But the first time I remember them being on, I felt like I peed myself. So it was kind of (laughs) a a little uncomfortable situation. But anyway, those are two of the buttons of the seven. Now, the next button on my panel is the electronic stability control button. Now, this is a very confusing button because it has seven pages in the Jeep manual explaining about this button, but I'm not going to read all seven pages. I'm not going to try to explain everything about this button, but in case you don't know what the electronic stability control is, it's a system in your Jeep that enhances directional control and stability of the vehicle under certain driving conditions, the ESC is going to correct for over and understeering of the vehicle by applying the brake to the appropriate wheel to assist in counteracting this over and understeering condition. And the engine may also re- be reduced to help maintain the desired path that the Jeep believes you should be on. Now, the ESC sensors in the vehicle determine the vehicle's path intended by the driver and compares it to the actual path of the vehicle. When the actual path does not match the intended path, this ESC applies the brakes and appropriate wheel to assist counteracting 
the oversteer or understeer. Now, I know a lot of people don't like this feature on the Jeep because they want to do the driving themselves, but this helps for safety reasons. Now, when you're off-roading, you don't want this on. So you can push this button and turn it off. There's an off. There's a partial off. I suggest you get your manual and read all about it because it gets kind of confusing. But just to know, when you are in four-wheel low, it's shut off automatically, so you don't need to worry about it. Another time you may need to use it is during icy, snowy conditions. So I suggest you get your manual and read up on a, about it. I've never turned it off, but when I'm in four low, it, it shuts off automatically, so I don't have to worry about it. Now, I've heard uh, from a friend of mine that has a, a late model Rubicon that in the ice and snow, it is amazing. It, it just it's just you go straight through, and it's right. just amazing what it does to keep you from you know spinning off or going into a ditch. And I, and I don't mind it being on. I think it helps. Um, but I know there are some people who feel like, you know, they want to be in control of their vehicle. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, it's it, to each his own. But I suggest you read the manual to figure that one out. Um, and to know that it's off or partially off, it's going to blink or remain a solid light in your control panel on your dash. Um, the next button is the Hill Descent Control, which I shared on, and I was going to look up which episode, um, just recently on the Jeep Talk Show. It's just a couple shows back, and I also have a video on YouTube, so you can get all the information there. Then the next button, and somebody on my YouTube channel asked me what this button was for and how to use it. Um, I'm hoping they were being a smart Alec. <laughs> um but this is for your hazards, and it's a, the red emblem. And if you don't know how to use this button, you shouldn't be driving a vehicle anyway. Then the next button on my Jeep, I call it the Super Stealth button. And you all are just going to have to tune in to my YouTube channel on Sunday to see all about this cool button. And then again, next to that is another heated seat button. Now, everybody's panel is going to be just a little bit different depending on what kind of features you have in your Jeep. And if I'm correct, Tony and Josh, some of these, like for the heated seat spots, if you don't have those, I think those might be empty. Could you wire in your own um, electronics to use those buttons? Kind of like, a, um, what are those called, S-Pods? Well, likely the factory wiring is in place to where all you would have to do would be to possibly put a relay in the uh, power distribution center, uh, activate that circuit, and make sure the hardware is installed. Um, the factory wiring harness likely has all of the right. terminations both behind the dash for you to plug a switch in and underneath the seat to hook up the hardware, uh, the electronics, uh, for the actual elements and everything that goes inside the seat itself. Um, and there's going to be other things that go along with that to make sure that, you know, things are regulated. You don't, you know, singe your butt and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> right. But, um, and again, a lot of that comes with is built into the factory wiring. It might be controlled uh, uh, by the onboard system as well. So, uh, again, uh, the, the wiring is likely already there. I mean, it's a lot easier to make one harness for the JK than to make seven harnesses right. for, you know, each different right. trim model they have out there. So, likely... Your JK, even if it doesn't have heated seats and all these other bells and whistles that Jeep Mama's talking about, 
you likely have the wiring for it. So you could, you know, go through on some online research, trying to discover what it's going to take to go to a junkyard, pull these components out, and hook them up in, in your own rig. Or you can just go yeah. to, go to eBay and uh, get it uh, get ah. it straight from eBay and uh, go to go right. to your local forum and uh, th- I think those two things will be your friends. I mean, I've been doing upgrades to the TJ because it was an X model and uh, put a center console in it, got a tilt steering wheel that I have yet to put in it, but uh, Ooh, got that nice. stuff off of uh, off yeah. of eBay for next to nothing. So what if I don't have heated seats and I want to put my off road lights to be one of those buttons? To push on and very, could you, very could you easily do done. Okay. Absolutely, yeah. Just because you know that that blank in the dash where that factory button would be for the heated seat doesn't mean that you have to put a heated seat button in there. Yeah. In fact, you can actually move those buttons around, providing you've got enough you know room on the pigtail behind the button in the factory harness to relocate it somewhere else right. in within that switch panel. So. If you don't like your your seat heaters, you know, on opposite sides, you could put them right next to each other. That sort of thing. Fill up the rest of the panel with, you know, lights and other, you know, that sort of stuff. Again, it's just a matter of getting the right switch to go in that hole. And uh, and there's a ton of write-ups, depending on which Jeep you have, uh, that can point you in the right direction. You know, Tammy, uh, with a little research, a little time, a little trial and error, you could actually have the heated seats come on and play a song from R. Kelly at the same time. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Josh got it. Yeah, she sounds thrilled. Uh huh. Hey, folks, coming up later in the show, we're going to get more bad jokes from Nikki G. <laughs> just like Tony. Uh, I knew there was something I liked about Nikki G. <laughs> hey, Jeep Talk Show, it's Nate. Uh, I'm calling in. I'm a couple episodes behind. Whatever, life's busy. You can shame me all you want. <laughs> anyway, I'm listening to episode 338 where uh, Lugnut called in twice about his fuel pressure regulator and his gas leak and the JP Wells. And I just want to share a, a quick story. Um, back in May, uh, like two weekends before the Jeep Jamboree that I volunteer for, uh, I had dropped my fuel tank to do some unrelated work, like unfuel pump related work. And uh, while I had it out, I accidentally broke the um, output from the fuel pump off um, because I had to remove the fuel pump to do the work I was trying to do because I had to get inside the tank. And there's this, you know, pressure ring you have to take off. And I skipped off the the chisel or hammer or drift or whatever I was using to, to turn the pressure ring and hit right on the dang output anyway, uh, broke the thing off. And I have to admit, my first thought was to grab the JB Weld. Don't do this. <laughs> I just want to echo, don't do this. Uh, I did some research online before I did, like any good uh, shade tree mechanic should, and I found that many, many glues and polymers are dissolved by gasoline, which could be what happened to Lug Nuts, uh, uh fuel pressure regulator JB Weld fix. Uh, or I should say the previous owner's fix. I don't want to make it sound like it was his fix. Anyway, uh, point is I broke down and paid the money for the uh, the fuel pump, and I mean 175 bucks or something, which was kind of ridiculous. Which is why I really wanted to just maybe weld the damn thing and put it back in. Um, another word to the wise: when you're reinstalling the tank in the TJ or LJ, like I'm driving, uh, there are several snap-on uh, hoses that go to the tank, obviously for the ventilation system, for the, the fuel pump, and, you know, all that, the return and the pressure and all. Um, uh, the, the one 
the, the output from the tank that goes up to the engine actually was a little bit loose. And on my way to the Jamboree, I kept smelling gas. I thought, oh, great, this is just awesome. You know, the new, the new pump that I put in is, is leaking or there's a problem here, problem there, whatever. Uh turns out that um, it just wasn't fully snapped on. Uh, when I got up to the the park for the Jamboree, a friend and I dropped the tank just enough so I could get on top, and he uh, jumped the, the fuel pump so that it would put pressure in the line, and sure enough, gas is leaking out of that output line. I just reseated that line, and sure enough, the leak was gone. It's been great for two months now. Um, so, you know, crossing my fingers, the problem doesn't return, but I'm feeling pretty good about it at this point. So, yeah, uh, double-check those lines um, if you're <laughs> installing or or just, you know, dropping the tank to put it back in. They they seem like, even though they are fit well, uh, they seem really easy to pop back off again. We, we must have bumped the clip or something while we were putting the tank back up. And that must have been what did it. That's all I could figure. So uh, anyway, uh, yeah, just wanted to give you guys, you know, a little story, and uh, hopefully it makes for good content. So uh, I will try to catch up on the episodes that I'm behind on. Um, I feel like I'm missing out, and I I don't like that. So anyway, keep up the good work, guys. Thanks. You know, it just dawned on me. Uh, I wonder when he's going to actually hear this part. Uh, how long it's going to be because uh, months later uh, yeah because <laughs> nate uh thank you for your voicemail and uh, we'd like to uh say thank you with a nice bright shiny new as josh would say jeep talk show sticker so just go over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contacts send us an email with your mailing address and we'll get it out to you just as soon as humanly possible if you guys would like to get a free sticker and uh, you don't uh, not buy anything from tom woods custom drive shafts anytime soon uh, there's a couple other ways you can do it, but uh, one way with uh, interacting here with the show with uh, via email or voicemail or anything we use on the show, we'll make sure that uh, you get that same free sticker offer. If uh, if if we forget about it for some reason, uh, you can uh, chastise us and uh, tell us, I want my damn sticker. You know what? I will hey. probably see Nate before he listens to this episode <laughs> and I can give him the sticker. <laughs> well, that's fine. I I personally like to think that I I think it would be interesting hearing the voicemail. Oh man, I've had a free sticker waiting for me for three months. I need yeah, to listen to the show more right. often. You know, kind of a punishment for not keeping up with the show. You know. <laughs> hey, real quick, I want to address something um, on that topic that he was talking about uh, as far as you know fixing your tank out on the trail really quick. Now, yes, the regular JB weld is not something that you want to use on your tank. However, JB weld is primarily a product name not the actual you know model of the product they put out so jb weld has what's called tank weld and it's a product out there specifically designed to work with fuel uh, or oil or any other kind of petroleum product and is a slightly different kit than your standard you know two-part epoxy jb weld that you normally see this one is actually a little bit of a kit it comes with some fiberglass cloth and some sandpaper and everything else uh, and this is designed to work on metal fiberglass or plastic tanks and work with fuel so will regular jb weld work absolutely not will jb tank weld work absolutely and that should be one of the things you add to your os kit uh for a quick trail repair and we want to thank our new sponsor jb weld for sponsoring yeah. the show <laughs> <laughs> oh boy that would be nice that would be nice Love to see some of those JB Weld checks come in. Oh, yeah. yeah they were, As long as they didn't bounce. I guess they wouldn't bounce. They'd be sticky. See what I did there? <laughs>
Hey guys, uh, we have a ton of feedback each and every week, and of course, we love it when you guys give us those reviews. And if you'd like to give us a review, well, just reach out to us any number of ways, wherever you can find us, wherever you're downloading the show, whether it be iTunes or YouTube or Stitcher Radio or uh, TuneIn, any of those places, you can find a way to leave us a five-star review and a comment. And this one actually came from Facebook this last week. Uh, Tammy, who do we got and what do they have to say? Well, Charles W. gave us five out of five stars, and he says, great show, only listened to five so far. I have subscribed. We'll look forward to new episodes every week. Hey, Charles, you need to go all the way back and listen no, to all of them. No, no, he doesn't. <laughs> There's a few in there that anybody should stay away from, You know, I th- I'm sure that Tony would agree. Yeah, you know, but I think episode 200 was a lot of fun. and That was a great you know, episode. Uh, if uh, if you don't know what a Henway is, uh, you need to go listen yeah. to episode 200. <laughs> that was that was a lot of fun, and uh, that was a great show. Yeah. We had a lot of, a lot of people uh, uh, gave us uh, gr- great sound bites and stuff for that show. You could actually start at 150. That's when I joined. Ah, you remember. You don't yes, remember I whenever do. you uh, last talked about buttons, but you remember when you started. Don't remember the yes. year of her own Jeep, but uh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, that's kind of a that's a nice thing, you know. Remember when she started here. <laughs> Tammy still is uh the leader of uh requested days off. You know, we only record this show one day a week and what you've been off like six times. <laughs> At least. Oh. Yeah, but she's out. Again. She's out the getting the word. She's spreading the word. She's she's doing yeah, the good that's stuff. True. Yeah, that's true. She's usually going wheeling whenever uh, when she's gone, making us look bad. That's what she's doing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. It's all good. All right, Brian from Route One Six Off Road out here at the Nomads Go Topless Day at Hooters in Fayetteville. We're going to ask some questions. Basically, what's the most important part or accessory to your Jeep? So I got here, Bobby. So, Bobby, what's the most important part or accessory to your Jeep? Uh, for me, it's going to be uh, gonna, the bumper, the front bumper, the rear bumper, uh, the winch in the front, and also the lighting. Why is that? Uh, the bumper, because uh, you want to be able to pull people out, help people when they get stuck, along with the winch. The lighting, because uh, you want to be able to drive off-road at night. So, I noticed that Bobby didn't say that he gets stuck out there. He's out there to help everybody else on the trail. All right, Bobby, thank you for your question. or Thank you for your answer. Appreciate it. Oh, we have a special deal for our Jeep Talk Show listeners from Route 16 Off-Road. You can go to our show notes and see the link to take you to Route 16 Promo Tent and use the code JTS and you'll get 15% off any item in the promo tent. Now, there's all kinds of goodies there. I mean, there's like Factor 55, Crazy Beaver, just way too many uh, items to uh, brands to, to be able to mention here. So go over there, check it out. Again, it's JTS as the promo code. Get 15% off of any item in the Route 16 promo tent. Uh, oh, and, you know, share us, uh, share us a little information about how it went. Uh, what'd you get? Uh, what'd you save money on? You got tech questions? Ah, oh, what do I ever have answers oh that's good because I, I it's tech talk with jeep talk yahoo well scott h from north carolina writes in hello first off i love the podcast thank you i have a 1987 yj and it got to where it would not go into gear no matter how hard i pushed on the stick no fluid loss from the master so i pulled the transmission down and removed the slave cylinder to find out it had already been replaced before i got it i've decided to go ahead and replace the clutch as well recommendations would really be appreciated thank you scott from north carolina 
Well, first off, Scott, it is us that needs to thank you for not only listening to the show, but for taking the time to write in, too. Now, I'm sure the engine Scott has in his Jeep. I'm not sure of the engine Scott has in his Jeep, so I'm just going to assume that he's got the more popular motor for that year, which was the 4.2 liter inline six. Now, regardless of the engine, my recommendation is going to be the same. Now, even if Scott has the 2.5 liter four banger, I'm still going to point him in the same direction. I'm going to tell you guys why. Now, while you may see all sorts of manufacturers' names pop up in searches, there's just one name that stands out above most of the others in terms of aftermarket performance clutches. Centerforce ads are everywhere. The company's been around forever, and they do build a decent product. If they didn't, they probably wouldn't have the reputation that they do. And they definitely do a good job of marketing themselves as if they are the best clutch for any and all applications. But I'm here to tell you, they're not. Okay, maybe with one caveat. If your Jeep sees more time on the drag strip than it does on the freeway, then there's probably not many better options or choices out there for you. But as you can probably guess, the stuff that's great for the strip isn't necessarily the best for mud or rocks. Centerforce clutches and brands like them are designed with centrifugal uh, springs that lock up harder but only at higher RPMs, which is, for surprise, racing applications. Now, I don't know about you, but that's not how a Jeep is usually run, especially off-road. Not only that, but you'll probably pay nearly double for a Centerforce than other brands that may offer a better fit for the type of vehicle that a Jeep really is. But like I said, there's nothing wrong with these companies or their product. It may just not be the best product for you or your rig. Now, if it were me, if it was up to me, I would only use brands like Impact or Centerforce, these others, if I had a seriously deep crawl ratio, like with a doubler or a stack transfer case, something like that, and I had a crawl ratio of like 100 to 1. Now, ultimately, the bottom line is this. Paying more for a product that isn't the right fit for your rig is not a smart move, no matter what. So here it is. My number one recommendation for any TJ, XJ, MJ, or YJ owner like Scott here who is looking for a replacement clutch. It is real hard to beat the luck clutch, which is who makes the most trusted OE replacement clutch for Jeeps. That's right. I said OE, like as in original equipment. Most of these units last well over 200,000 miles and definitely have the performance and ease of use to enjoy reliably off-road. I constantly hear stories of guys beating on these things bad, too, smoking them multiple times in one day out on the rocks and still are going strong 100-plus thousand miles later. They're readily available just about anywhere from Summit to PartsGeek to even Amazon. And they typically go for under 100 bucks for the basic kits, which still come with the pilot bearing and alignment tool for ease of installation. But trust me, when I say it's in your best interest to get the whole kit and then some. Now, I know it's going to sound like a lot, but trust me, you get it all at once and be done with it once and for all, the entire thing. Order up the clutch disc, the throwout bearing, the pilot bearing and pressure plate, the slave cylinder, and yes, even the flywheel too. Now, generally, these can all be bought for under $200 altogether online, and some may even offer it up as a whole kit with free shipping and all that. Now, your flywheel may be good, but honestly, just remove it and have a machine shop take a look at it. You may be able to get away with just having it resurfaced. Be warned, though, this will come with a needed break-in period, especially with a new clutch, and if your Jeep is a trailer rig, well, this may prove to take a long time. Now, doing a driveway inspection, you'll want to look for any bluing, anything at all like that. This indicates heat stresses, and, and the more bluer and the more concentrated blue dots are, well, the worse the problem is. And any pitting or grooves in the surface of the flywheel may or may not be able to be machined out and could be a telltale that it needs to be replaced. Now, all the more reason to get it out and at least get 
you know, get it inspected or inspect it yourself or replace it for peace of mind. And it's peace of mind that I'm insisting that you replace all these other components all at once as well. Now, when you're out there searching the great interwebs for the luck clutch, spelled L-U-K, avoid the gold luck kit, which is meant for more truck applications and can be a little noisy in a Wrangler. However, if your Wrangler is running a stroker or a V8 swap or has a serious amount of unsprung vehicle weight like Dana 60s with 40-inch tires, then go for the gold as you may end up benefiting from the heavier springs and clutch plates in that kit. Now, stay away from brands like Exidy, Rhino, Vallejo, or anything that says the word stage in it. Trust me, you will have no need for a stage three racing clutch while you're trying to go down the trail. Brands like Ram, ACT, or AMS Automotive, and I don't know too much about them. However, if you want a second option to research, I'd say a close second to the luck kit is the kit from Brute Power. When it comes to reputation, the off-road industry doesn't pussyfoot around. And brute force gets a few nods in more than a few off-road circles. But it may be hard to find in your town. I found a kit from brute force at Rock Auto for under 100 bucks, so online might be your best bet. So there it is, Scott. My recommendation for you is the luck clutch. I will, I will close with this, though. Noticing that the slave cylinder has, potentially at least, been recently replaced makes me wonder if this is a problem that has happened before. Now, for those of you who don't know, the slave cylinder works together with the master cylinder to disengage the clutch when the pedal is pressed down so that the transmission can be safely, safely shifted. The clutch slave cylinder receives pressure from the master cylinder and extends a rod, which will push against a fork or a lever to disengage the clutch. That's how all that works. Now, one thing we've talked about in the past is how susceptible to failure a manual transmission clutch is if it's depressed while the Jeep is in mud or water. Now, opening up the clutch while in the middle of a mud bog or river crossing will have your third pedal falling to the floor faster like a wet noodle. Now, if if that's the type of terrain you find yourself in most, then pick a gear and stay in it until you're on solid ground. Don't hit that clutch, no matter what. Or opt to swap in an auto. I know. I hope this helps, Scott. Let us know which route you end up going with, and be sure to keep the rubber side down, would you? Hey, and uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, do the same thing we did for Scott that we did for Nate. We're going to send Scott a free sticker. That's right, Scott. So uh, be sure to uh, reach out back to us. I'm sending you an email uh, with a copy of the transcript from this episode uh, of this as you requested. So uh, be sure to reply to that with your address, and we'll be sure to get you a sticker, a Jeep Talk Show sticker, in the mail. Oh, and we'd love to have a, a picture of your sticker and uh, you you know, next to the Jeep. Maybe you could put it on the clutch, and uh, it would improve the mileage. Oh, come <laughs> on. Wait, do you guys have anything to add? Maybe you have a question for Tech Talk yourself, just like Scott did. Well, head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and send us a message. And be sure to tune in next week when I will be belatedly answering Christian's question about identifying slip, lo- slip yoke eliminators. S-Y-E. Tom Woods has been doing only four-wheel drive and drive shaft slip yoke eliminators for 20 years. As an American-owned and operated company, they provide solutions trusted by your average weekend wheeler all the way to rock-crushing rigs at King of the Hammers. If you have a Jeep, Tom Woods Custom Drive Shaft has a solution for you. Using their in-house developed gold seal universal joints, you can count on the strength of your drive shaft at its weakest and most abused points. And if you're concerned about warranties, it doesn't get any better than their trail hazard protection warranty. If a weld ever breaks, they take care of it. If a gold seal universal joint breaks, they take care of it. But it also, but also any damage to the drive shaft. Those other companies just put a new joint, U-joint in your hand and send you on your way. 
Tom Woods loves Jeeps. In fact, he has three highly modified Jeeps, so he understands your passion, and so do all his employees. Tom Woods Custom Drive Shafts are always shipped complete, balanced, greased, and ready to install. They pay attention to the finest details, so you are less likely to run into any issues. If you've ever experienced a drive shaft problem, you know you know just how important this is. When you research custom drive shafts, there is just one name that tops all the list: Tom Wood. Trust them with one of the most critical parts of your driveline. And from now until the end of July, you can get 10% off your order using the exclusive Jeep Talk Show promo code. At checkout, just enter JTS18-1 and you'll get the exclusive discount. Promo code is not valid with any other offer, discount, or promotion. And is only good till the end of July. Visit Tom Woods Custom Drive Shafts today. Just go to www.4xshaft.com. This is Zach from ZM Jeeps. This is Lisa Simon from Chim Perfect. This is Alan Peterson with Painless Performance Wiring. This is Amy from TNA Decal. This is Neil from SFJ4x4.com. This is Randall Spear, Motorsports Manager from Dana Aftermarket. This is Paul Wolf from ENI USA RM. I'm John Eastmore from Black Forest. This is Nathan Leahy from Mickey Thompson Tires and Wheels. And, and you're listening to the Jeep, Jeep Talk Show. And a nice big Jeep wave goes out to all of our friends and fans in the off road industry. We thank you for your support. From around the world, or from your city, and sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. Well, Tammy, we're getting uh, kind of big time here. We're uh, going to actually interview uh, Eric Walton uh, with JP Freak Adventure Magazine tonight. I mean, a, a real-time Jeep magazine. I mean, how cool right. is that? Eric, thank awesome. you a lot for being with us tonight. And, uh, boy, we scheduled scheduled you a long time ago. Uh, so glad it all worked out, and we're, uh, we're still on for tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. I've followed along for uh, quite some time with uh, everything you're doing. I'm happy to be on. <laughs> the shenanigans, so to speak. Yeah. So, so tell us about JP Freak Magazine. Uh, it, it's a. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't get that right. I just noticed it's Adventure Magazine, JP Freak Adventure Magazine. How long has JP Freak uh, Adventure Magazine been around? Uh, actually, 2018 will be 12 years. Uh, Ooh, it started, wow. started started in 06, and uh, I came into the magazine in the summer of 2014. So this would be my fourth year uh, since I've taken over the magazine. But it's actually been along been around quite some time. It's a uh, way I like to say a, a fully featured digital magazine. We're digital only, but the cool thing about that is that we're able to use slideshows, links, and videos oh, yeah. right, right in the stories, and uh, it adds a dimension to uh, our coverage, uh, whatever it is, be it a, a trip, a, an event, a build, what have you, that uh, you just can't really find anywhere else. It looks like every magazine you've ever seen when you're looking at it, uh, my personal preference is is looking at it on a uh, a tablet, but uh, any phone, tablet, laptop, regular computer, anything will work, and that's why it makes it very easy. And the other thing that allows us is it's free free magazine for anybody to read. So I think this is going to be a, a critical piece uh, that I think you've just answered. Uh, many people love having their magazines in the bathroom, so they can still do that. They just need to take their tablet in there and not tell their wife where it's been. 
Right, right. <laughs> Tablet, phone, what have you. you. You know people are doing it. They're not They're not owning up to it. But the fact is that we're right there. Uh, anytime they have a device in front of them, uh, they, can, they can jump on. And the cool thing is once you download an issue, um, especially use our uh, – we have an, uh, an app in the Apple Store for iPhones and iPads. If you, you jump on that and download the issue, all the resources, all the videos, everything is there for you so even if you're on on a plane whatever you want to look at uh our magazine read the latest from dan greck or what have you then uh you're going to be able to to enjoy that fully featured it doesn't require the internet once you've uh downloaded in the app yeah it's really good lots of interesting stories where do you find these people do they contact you or do you Um, just search the internet it's it's a little bit of everything. Um, we have we have people come to us with story ideas. We've uh, we are always looking online for anything we see of interest. Um, actually, I'll give you a, a perfect example that just came up today. I saw uh, uh, a good friend Charlene Bauer out at the uh, Ladies Off Road Network just announced an East Coast tour doing um, ladies off road skill training training yep and um so i shot a quick note to her i said we'd love to be able to work out to to come and check out one of these sessions and do a feature on it and she wrote me right back and said that would be fantastic so we're working through setting that up for a feature later this year so it's we we've got that we have um the there there are some beautiful things when it happens where it's a mutual mutual interest uh the dan greck you've had on uh was was one of those situations uh that that came up and he was looking he was looking for an outlet at the same time uh i found that he was going to go around africa and a jk and i said i want in and he said i want in and it was a beautiful thing in a, a matter of hours we had a couple years worth of uh working together and coverage set up for the uh, magazine that has been spectacular yeah dan was a uh, very interesting a very interesting guest and of course it's just an amazing adventure that he's uh, he's going on and of course it's not this isn't his first as you well know um the thing that kills me or, or really gets me and, and perhaps you know more about this than i do uh there's a lot of interest in overlanding out there and but it's not done much in jeeps so for, for Dan to have selected a Jeep to do this, I think, uh, at least you know for us Jeep freaks, it really is very uh, important uh, thing to know that you can actually do something like this in a Jeep. Yeah, and um, if you didn't ask if you didn't ask him, I'm sure he'll be the first to tell you how many people told him he was insane, <laughs> uh, right? For for trying to do that, you so see, you're not going to do a, a Land Rover or a Toyota. What are you nuts? Uh, but you know, he's he, deep down ingrained in him from the first trip, which was, uh, that's why I loved Dan and what he did on that first trip so much. He said, I've got a four banger TJ. It's got a soft top on it. I'll build a wooden box in the back and drive it from Alaska, Argentina. It'll work just fine. So it ingrained in him. He, this, he, it, it, it I should say it sort of grew this love that he had of, of Jeeps. And I think that it's, it's an absolutely beautiful thing. And when you look at what he's done with that, that Jeep and it's not, you know, it couldn't have been uh, a hundred thousand dollar expedition rig um, or or what people are going to drop on an old Land Rover or something and a Mercedes to do this sort of this same thing. Um, 
you know, with some really well-chosen additions and a whole lot of hard work on his own DIY style, like uh, G people love, you know, it's, it's turned into a, a very capable, very reliable knock on wood uh, vehicle for him to go around in Africa. You know, and there's nothing wrong with those other vehicles. Those other vehicles are great, and they're well-established in the uh, the overlanding uh, scene. But uh, I, th- I think that it would uh, – I think the Jeep actually enabled Dan to be able to do this, afford to do something like this easier than if he had gone with one of those other vehicles. Exactly, exactly. It's sort of a trade trade. Where do you want to uh, put it? Do you want to put your emphasis on what you're going to be able to find on the road, or do you want to try and build something uh, – that you can afford up front that you uh, you certainly hope and know that it's going to hold up for you along the way uh, and not leave you not leave you hanging so um, I definitely think that it's it's sort of overlooked in that aspect and in, in terms of a realistic overlanding vehicle but it's definitely I think gaining momentum there's a lot more products I think coming out every day and certainly that scene is is only getting bigger and bigger and uh, we're hearing more and more about it well I'm sure there's a lot of eye rollings uh, from going on from uh, the other uh, uh, the other folks that use the other vehicles like damn jeeps getting into something else that's gonna <laughs> <laughs> They're going to take that over too, but uh, uh, the thing that, I, that gets me and, uh, and what a lot of people here, our listeners, may not already know, you did more than just talk to Dan. You actually flew out to Africa and spent some time with him, and actually spent some time in the Jeep. Right, absolutely. That was uh, like I said, it was it was crazy. As we were sitting there driving together for ten days uh, in South Africa in Lesotho, um, and we sort of it, we just kept having to look at each other and say, all of this started because of a well-timed viewing of Twitter. <laughs> and I, I'm not I'm not exaggerating when I said we ninety ninety percent of everything Dan and I have done in terms of of the road shows me and the magazine, the uh, participating, uh, helping with the build. And uh, the coverage that we've provided and the trip uh, for me to come down and ride with him in Africa was planned out that first night that we connected over this new trip. Um, wow. It, it, it was, it truly, I, I always, I, I, I use the term sparingly, but brothers from another mother is exactly the way it is. He and I think alike. Uh, we, we view how we work on Jeeps alike. It's, it's very much uh, sort of a, a, uh, function function over form make it make it a hundred percent work right and whatever else happens happens and we just uh we just really connected and i following along his first trip and and reading uh what he was able to put together uh you know i had no issue uh believing he would be great as a contributor for the magazine boy has that paid off now do you have regular contributors or do you have a staff uh we do have regular regular contributors we have a number of people from from canada to arizona and then of course obviously dan going around uh in africa that are 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 regular contributors that you'll see over and over in the magazine um uh the and then we also bring in people um to do uh, guests, much, much like you're having me on here, we'll have guest, guest, right. uh, articles. And then we, we have had, uh, if, if people out there have a great event that they want to, uh, 
see coverage on. That's one of our beautiful, the beautiful things with our magazine uh, and our format is that we have a lot more freedom uh, and ability to help we're sort of get some of the those great but smaller stories that would have track have problems getting traction elsewhere. Um, you know, we're sort of the the uh, David to the 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 Goliath in the Jeep media realm, and we look at ourselves as a means for people that are in that same sort of situation, be it uh, an event, a really cool trip, or got a Jeep build, or what have you um, that you'd like to feature. They reach out to us, and we can worked to, with them to put something together to uh, get it in the magazine. And an example of that is that almost every issue we have a uh, freak Jeep, um, and the majority of those are uh, just regular, regular people. We do a, a two-page spread that, you know, something, you know, some other magazines that you could send it in and you'll get one little picture and a, a paragraph. Well, we'll do, we'll do a spread with multiple pictures and talk about uh, what you've got and how cool it is. And we're sort of equal opportunity. It doesn't have to be a, a show, show winner, you know, $5,000 paint job kind of Jeep. It could be a rattle can in your driveway. If you, you have something that you're proud of, we're uh, equal opportunity, no doubt. I love that. And we try to do the same thing here. I mean, we know what it is to be the little guy and to try to, you know, get people to, to listen and uh, look at our stuff. So anytime we have the ability to bring somebody on, uh, I mean, I don't care. Everybody has a story to tell. Uh, and uh, I think that's great. I think that's great that you guys do that. Uh, I think I really think people appreciate that because they've had so much of the, the flash and the, the big time thing. Let's, let's find out what real Jeepers are doing. And there's there's two things related to that, that uh, if you, you permit me, that I think are important from sure. my perspective. It's baked sort of right into the to the philosophy of of the magazine. That um, part of the reason that uh, I took this magazine over when I had the opportunity, and I jumped at it, is I wasn't terribly happy with the way that uh, mainstream and not just Jeep, just sort of, and, and not even off road, just. Uh, automotive media in general was was looking at and treating uh, women in the sport yeah. and the hobby. And so one of the things that I had a problem with is my daughter, when I took over the magazine, was turning eight. And I was feeling like I was having to hide some of my my off-road magazines from her. And I'm like, that, that it just struck me. That's not right. Um, right. With some of what I was seeing in there. Um, and so... One of the things that uh, is absolutely critical for for us is that we absolutely always look to portray women as the the capable, engaged, and knowledgeable participants in jeeping that they are. Uh, you won't find anything from us but that. We have female contributors. Diane Zalman does a great job for us down in <clears throat> excuse me Arizona and. Um, we also have uh, Autumn Abercrombie, who is a she's great because she's she's enthusiastic and and loves her Jeeps, but she's at that same point a lot of people are where they're just starting to get into modifications and doing things themselves. So she's uh, done a couple stories from us. She installed a great uh, insane audio stereo in her JK that we had in the magazine. So we wanted to sort of look at uh, and there's no reason not to look at it as. as, as Guy, girl, it doesn't matter. It's all the same. You're all jeepers, and that's the way that we sort of approach it, and uh, that's the way we've we've worked and endeavored to make sure that we cover everything. Uh, 
that we put out will be readable or viewable but by my daughter at age eight. That's the measuring stick. Yeah, that's great. And uh, we actually uh, brought Tammy on here because, well, namely, uh, she had a, uh, well, two things. She had a, a Wrangler, which we wanted to expand to covering uh, Wranglers. And Josh and I both have Cherokees. And also, too, she was just insanely excited about having a Jeep and being a Jeeper. <laughs> and we wanted to have that on the show. So, uh, and uh, the other reason, the the final reason was, I wanted women more involved into the into the sport, into the adventure, because there really isn't anything in uh, going off road or jeeping. Uh, if if a, a fat old guy can do it, any women can, any woman can do it as well. <laughs> exactly. And the big thing for me is that they were, they already were. It just you didn't see it. Exactly. Nobody showed it. Nobody talked about it, and they didn't treat it the way that it actually was happening. Yes, and to me that was that was just total crap. And what they were doing in terms of of giving women exposure in the magazines was complete. Just uh, it's just I don't even yeah, need to go. Uh, sweetie, Everybody stand does. next to this Jeep and uh, oh, put this bikini on, and, and the top is optional. No, I understand what you're saying. Uh, I see those pictures on uh, on Instagram a lot. Uh, I see them on Tumblr, and uh, I like sharing uh, Jeep pictures from Tumblr. Give the the whoever posted it credit, of course. And uh, but that's one thing I don't do is I don't post. It's very very seldom do I post a uh, a, a repost an image uh, with a Jeep and a girl in it, unless the girl looks like she's uh, an off roader that she's you know legitimately that's her Jeep and that's what she's doing. Uh, you know, I've got two daughters. I, I feel the same way as you do. And it's, I think it's very important that, uh, we, uh, present things truthfully and not, uh, fancy it up for the guys. Exactly. I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect anybody to share a picture of a guy in a, in a banana hammock. Oh God, no. <laughs> I see why, why it should be the other way around. So I, I, I'm, I'm exactly with you. And, uh, I, I, there's, I, am not saying there's anything wrong with those, either of those versions, honestly, if they go to go nuts doing that, but I just am making a judgment as the editor and publisher of this magazine, that that's not the direction that we're going to go. And we're mm -hmm. going to focus yeah. on people like Diane and people like Tammy. And that's what we're going to do. I thought I recognized that name while you were talking. I went and looked, uh, looked up that name and yeah, she's a, a friend on Facebook. Uh, so uh, I know that name I've uh, interacted with her on Facebook on, on several occasions. So, uh, yeah, good get there. So um, now you mentioned your your staff is kind of like everywhere. So you guys are all, all remote then. You don't really have uh, an office that you go to. Yeah, we're di digital magazine, and we we are structured exactly the same. Everybody's remote. We we talk as often as we need to. Um, uh, Dropbox is a wonderful, wonderful yes. thing. <laughs> I, I have no relationship to them whatsoever, but that's we run the whole thing off of that, and it makes for a very, very, uh, smooth running, smooth running operation. And I like to think that, that people have no idea that we don't have offices when they look at, look at the magazine, yeah. then they think that this is, this is something that, uh, is, is, uh, of a quality level that, that that's what they're thinking. That's fine with me. I have no problem whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, no reason to uh, raise the veil. You know, uh, and we used to uh, play it up, but we hardly ever talk about it anymore is that, uh, Josh is uh, over on uh, the West Coast. Tammy's on the East Coast, and I'm down here in Texas. So 
uh, and we us we three have never met e- each other. It's all been you know Skype and on the the show like this. Right. So it, the internet is just so cool. Not only can you put together a podcast or a magazine, you can also have friends from across the country that you you speak to uh, daily. Uh, we we usually are in chat daily. Uh, talking about some sort of stuff and uh, doing the show, so it, it's just wonderful to be able to be able to bring people together like that. And I think it it brings a much more interesting group together because it's not a just a geographic location or people having to move into the uh, into the city where the office is. So it's a real cool way of doing things. I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's fantastic. It's enabled us to be what we are and. Uh, uh, I will continue to leverage it in, in every way I possibly can. Well, I really love looking at the magazine and hearing all the different Jeep stories. Um, if somebody has a great story they want to share with you or some event, um, how would they get in touch with you? They can submit. There's a form on our website, uh, jpfreak.com, that they can use, and they can also just uh, email editor at jpfreak.com, um, and that, that will go right into the old inbox, and uh, we will get in touch. Also, we've got, had a number of things through. Uh, well, I gave you the example. Dan Grick was Twitter. Um, so, uh, uh, I mean, every literally every social media outlet out there uh, that that's used in the u.s i think we've had somebody reach out to us for for one story idea or another through through each of them so uh facebook facebook instagram uh we're we're on pinterest uh and uh of course twitter and uh any of those will work uh they're all very very uh frequently monitored we stay on top of it unlike uh, some others we actually engage on social media <laughs> right. of, of other off-road off-road media outlets where they're just pushing all of their stuff out we love to i mean that's what we live for that's the whole idea we're a digital magazine the idea being that that's where we live so we we endeavor to to stay active and and uh engage so if uh, you send us a message via one of those uh or email you're you're going to get a response pretty quickly so how often do you guys come out with a, a new issue uh we we are quarterly um right now is what we we put out and we're we have our spring issue out now um that's that's live we are working on the summer issue will be out next month and then we publish again uh our fall issue we have our sema coverage uh so it comes out after sema and before thanksgiving which is uh puts an incredible burden on us given that sema is right at the beginning of november but uh we we love to be able to have things out there for uh, starting in on the holiday season, and then we also do uh, our our winter issue hits in February. But then uh, we're very active in between on uh, social media as well. We'll talk about stories. We give some some interim updates on projects. Uh, right now, my my project on my end is uh, uh, off road trailer that uh, has a a Tepwe uh, Autana four person tent on top. And cool. uh, mm-hmm. we've been, been sort of a, a it's based on a, a Bantam uh, T3C trailer. So we call it the, the, the T3 caboose uh, <laughs> playing off of that because it, it gets pulled behind my Alaskan postal scrambler and uh, been uh, just got that all wired up and 
ready to rock and truly rock and roll. So now the second half of the year is going to be uh, dragging that thing all over the place, putting it to use. Uh, we've had a couple of build features on it in the uh, winter and spring issues, but then uh, been throwing out things on uh, on all the social media as we've as we've gone out and used it, and that tends to go very well because people love that kind of thing. Uh, speaking of the overlanding aspect, so uh, we we. Definitely enjoy our, our, our social media in between issues. Uh, we'd love to be able to put together more issues, but uh, more issues brings, uh, that's where I, I, have, I bow down to you guys doing this as often as you do. Uh, for us, getting into more issues would bring uh, a lot of problems that would, would put the quality of the magazine in jeopardy, and I'm not willing to do that. Right. You probably have to up the staff, too. So. That's uh, that's always a uh, a problem, especially with the communications aspect of it. So I've talked to these guys about doing uh, more than uh, one episode a week because we've had uh, several people going, "Come on, we need more episodes. We need more episodes." And I get a, "Nope, nope, nope, nope." <laughs> Which it's it's rough. It's rough doing it once a week, but we have a lot of fun doing it. And I think when you enjoy it, it makes a, a huge difference in uh, what's work and and what's fun. Exactly. Exactly. We want to make sure that we're keeping keeping everything. Uh, fun and interesting for our contributors and, and don't turn it into uh, such a chore that uh, they lose interest in this and the, the quality suffers as a result so uh, but it it does great we we get to have a lot of a lot of of coverage for the things that we do like for dan's dan's uh, installments cover a, a multiple countries for him and for our builds it, it gives us the ability to have more uh in each of those installments, and the, so there, you 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 get a, a much bigger part of the picture each time. So, uh, while we'd love to we'd love to be able to put out more issues, there's also uh, some benefit to the readers as a result too. Sure, I understand that. So, uh, I'm surely surely you guys do advertisements uh, in your magazine. Uh, how do go, people go about if they've got a small company or small business? Maybe they're trying to get uh, started. They want to do some advertising. How, how would they go about it? I'm sure it's in the magazine someplace. It, it is. They could. They can reach out the same thing. Advertising at jpfreak.com. com. Uh, they also have forms on our our uh, website as well. And uh, we've we've uh, same situation there. We've probably equally gotten up uh, advertisers through our social media accounts as we have through anything through email or phone calls. So uh, anybody that's interested can reach out to us via any any means they like. And the great thing with us and being uh, the a digital magazine, uh, our our rates for advertising are just uh, a- incredibly affordable, and it makes it so that we can help out smaller companies, and we love doing that. And uh, again, we don't. The other thing I'll say is we don't charge anything for our uh, product reviews. Um, we don't. We don't. We try to keep this uh, as straightforward as possible. We get the products and we we test them and and that's all there is to it. So if people are out there and they have a, a small company and they're fighting the big boys and they want to see some somebody put something to use and give them feedback and and see what they think, then uh, we're a great option for that as well. That's great. Um, so uh, if you don't mind, uh, and if you do, don't worry about it. Uh, can you give us a, 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 a idea of how much advertising costs? Uh, there's so many variables in it. It's diff. It's it, 
it's difficult to say. Okay. Um, well, people can check. I just thought, uh, you know, because so, I know there's some small companies out there going. I wonder how much it. I wonder how much it would be if it would be, you know, starting at a thousand dollars or starting at a hundred dollars. Yeah. Or we have options starting from from uh, just a few hundred dollars at the on the low end. Um, but like I said, we have different sizes, and then you oh different, sure different rate different numbers of issues and things so it gets very complicated we're happy to talk about that with anybody but yeah just just uh just a few a few a few products to less than a product's worth of of cost is, is the way that i would put it for small companies is you're not looking at at spending thousands of dollars with us right. for housing definitely not so i as a as the editor of this magazine maybe you can answer this question for me um why do why don't jeep magazines just promote red jeeps because they seem to be so <sighs> enthralling <laughs> to people don't, don't don't answer the question <laughs> I- ignore it hey um so we've been talking about your magazine but what about you personally do you I'm guessing you drive a Jeep. Yeah, you just mentioned that Alaskan uh, postal Jeep, which I was. How does how is well, it an Alaskan postal? Is it something so, special? Does it have bear skins on it or what? Yeah, how did you get? That's exactly <laughs> right. That's amazing. You you do re, you did that research? You looked it up. You saw that. Yeah, you know, cheater. So the the story it's Alaskan postal scrambler, the CJ8, the the long version of the the CJ7, and the story, the short version of the story goes. That uh, in 1983, the USPS decided they needed four-wheel drive mail vehicles in Alaska. All the DJs you've ever seen are two-wheel drive. So they needed four-wheel drive. They put out a bid. Jeep won it. And they built 230 right-hand wow. drive wow. Uh, scramblers in 1984 for the Postal Service in Alaska. And there's some cool interesting aside from the right hand drive some cool features the main one that people realize uh, immediately see when they see a stock one is it had a three-piece all metal full hard top they're the only jeeps sold in north america that got that the only cjs that got that full uh metal hard top all of the other hard tops they made they were built in toledo but they they only exported them for some reason that will remain a mystery but they got that cool looking top which is what initially drew my eye when i first saw one and uh along with some other quirky fun little bits but that that really is the story is that there were only 230 of them built they were shipped to alaska in 84 and when the usps decided in 97 to surplus these and find something else they gave the mail carrier the option to buy it from the the postal service and if they didn't they took them all to an auction in anchorage and sold all of them off and all of the spare parts they had for them so they entered private ownership some smaller number than the 230 entered private ownership and at the time they did that they saved the best one of them and the uh, mechanics there in Anchorage for the Postal Service uh, basically restored it and donated it to the Museum of Alaska Transportation and Industry in Wasilla, Alaska. So there is a restored version sitting on display in Wasilla. And I had the opportunity when I bought mine in Anchorage to take a trip up and see that 
and it is really cool with all the little bits, uh, special bits they had. But I flew up in 2002 to Anchorage and bought mine off a guy who had two of them, and it still had the World Cab hardtop. Um, it was roughly stock. He had swapped out a few small things, put different tires on it. But um, I bought it non-running from him in what turned out to be a bad neutral safety switch. In the <laughs> yes. So grounded, grounded out the, the neutral safety switch terminal on a starter solenoid, and it fired up. And I did a bunch of maintenance on it there. Um, and at the time, I connected with uh, – what used to be rockcrawler.com and they this was pre-blog and internet you know early days and connected with him and and got a, a modem from my laptop and a camera and agreed <laughs> to take pictures on my drive from alaska to north carolina back with the jeep um and sent them into him and did a series of stories for the rebuild and uh, actually he connected me with uh, four wheel hardware um, and they gave me an allotment of maintenance only. I couldn't buy a lift or anything like that, but maintenance parts that they shipped to Alaska that I installed in my brother's garage in Anchorage. And then we piled all of his belongings. He lived up there at the time, all of his belongings, spare parts and tools, in the back of this goofy world cab right-hand drive scrambler and then drove it from uh, Alaska back to North Carolina in 11 days across the country My through, gosh. through Canada. Yeah. I bet you so that it, was an adventure in itself. Oh, it was. And the story is actually still available. Uh, rock crawlers changed hands, but uh, a good friend, uh, uh, Woody, owns owns it now and and he resurrected the 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 build thread uh and the trip thread so it's actually the story still out there if you search for it but uh i to this day i have people you were the guy that drove it back from alaska <laughs> and they see they they have no idea who i am but they see the g yeah see the right hand <laughs> you were that guy so yeah this, there's that that meme where it shows the guy saying i don't know your name but you drive the 97 tj with the blah 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 so, I'm living, so same living type of thing. Fruit. Yeah, same. This living the meme. So uh, I bet you you got some pictures of that uh, that nice little rig uh, in your social media. Where where can people find you and the magazine social media wise? Uh, yeah, we're uh, at JP Freak on on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, JP F R E E K, and then uh, JP Freak Adventure Magazine on Facebook. Um, our uh, we have links on all of those to our the current issue of our magazine always lives at current issue all one word dot jpfreak.com and that takes you to uh, the the current issue and you can also hit our our blog is uh, jpfreak.com and you can get to it there as well. Everything, everything, all roads lead to the magazine. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And uh, I, I am going to be uh, taking my uh, phone and tablet into the bathroom more often and uh, reading uh, JP Freak Adventure magazine. And, and so should you guys. I mean, it's it's Jeep. What could you not like about that? Right. I've and already downloaded. Yeah, it, exactly. You can go to the app store and get an app. That's right. So I just downloaded it. Eric, right. I can't thank you enough, and I'm just so proud of myself not making any Walton jokes, uh, you know, to go along with your last name. And Tammy, uh, too. 
That's right. Well, you'd be hard pressed to come up with one I haven't heard. So That's what I was thinking. It's all good. It's all good. Like, so I, I guess I, I guess oh. what I'll say is uh, thank you very much for being with us. Great interview. You'll have to come back and uh, please keep us in mind. Like if you want to come back and and talk up a new issue that's coming out, we uh, we, we can schedule you back in right before that happens. Generate a little more interest uh, with our listeners. Uh, remind them about uh, JP Freak Adventure Magazine uh, before the episode. I'm sorry, not the episode. The uh, the issue comes out. And uh, with that, I'll say. Good night, Eric Walton. All right. Thank you very much for having me. It's been great. <laughs> Tammy's Tammy's shaking her head at me on yeah. Skype. <laughs> Tony's trying to be funny again. Thanks a lot, Eric. Absolutely. Thank you very much, guys. Well, I've got to give a big Jeep wave and an extra special thanks again to Eric Walton for taking the time to talk about JP Freak Adventure Magazine and his own lifelong love of Jeeps. Man, I don't know if you guys have had a chance to go check out that site yet. Goodness gracious. While the interview was going on, I was behind the scenes admiring the beautiful website that JP Freak Adventure Magazine has. Uh, and you guys definitely need to, need to go check that out. We'll have the link in the show notes for this episode. And, uh, of course, well, love for you guys to uh, be sure to tell him that you found him through our show. Hey, do you have an idea for a guest or maybe you want to be a guest on the Jeep Talk Show? We'd love to see what you have to say. Go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out how you guys can share your ideas for our next great guest. Who knows? It could be you. Hey, coming up next week, Jason Koch with Planet JP. You're going to really enjoy this one, I know. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, I want to thank Tammy for calling me out on not mentioning anything about the uh, show and shine I went to. I uh, just, uh be honest with you, I just didn't think about it. Uh, but if you guys are interested in hearing about it, I'll, I'll tell you about it. So it's uh, Lake Norman Jeep style. Had a show and shine to benefit the Hemby Children's Hospital. Christmas in July toy drive. And it was held at a local craft brewery called Primal Brewery, which is just a few miles from my house. So I figured I'd go down there and check it out. And uh, so I got there and parking was divided up in uh, three sections. They had uh, Jeeps that wanted to stack, uh, Jeeps that just wanted to enter the show, and uh, just general parking. So I didn't, didn't want to stack my Jeep. And I didn't really think it was kind of like show quality. So I just went to general parking. So it was just uh, me parked in the back with a Toyota Highlander and a WJ. They had cornhole competition, which Nick throws like a girl. So uh, I didn't enter in that. But they did have a raffle and I got some raffle tickets and I won a t-shirt. They had a lot of nice prizes by a bunch of vendors. Uh, they had food from uh, Lake Norman grill food truck which was pretty good and I, I talked to a few people there a lot of had a, a lot of interesting conversations uh brian from route one six and uh Gert gretchen was were there hung out with them for a while we had some good conversation with them and i had a lot of interesting conversations with, with people about their jeeps and i had one awkward conversation with a woman <laughs> who i thought i knew and I found oh, out no. we didn't know each other. <laughs> and uh, so after the pepper spray cleared out of my eyes, we all had a good <laughs> laugh about it. But, uh, they uh, collected two barrels of toys and $1,000 in cash, which they're going to deliver 
to the hospital in a Jeep convoy on July 17th, and they're going to have an open ride after that up in the mountains at Richland Road. Sounds very interesting. I'm going to see if I could tag along for that. Now, to the interesting stuff, they had 47 Jeeps there. 19 in two different, 19 were stacked in two different stacks. They had four non-Jeeps there. Five YJs, three TJs, three XJ, and one MJ. They had eight red and 20 black. <laughs> and the uh, next predominant color would have been white, I guess. I didn't count those because white doesn't count. <laughs> I took some video footage of the event and uh, posted it on my YouTube channel if anybody's interested in checking it out. All right, boys and girls, and uh, I'll keep you posted on any other events I go to, and I'll chat at you later. Nikki G out. I Way cool. I like that. Yeah, I, I, I've been asking for years now for you guys to uh, give us a report on Jeep shows that you've been to and stuff like that, and actually hear from somebody who, you know, grassroots was down in there enjoying the show as a spectator and not somebody, you know, who, you know, has a podcast doing a show or who's a vendor, or, you know, something like that, who might have a, a biased opinion of what the show is like. Hearing it from, you know, just your average everyday guy. Uh, wait, I might be using that I, loosely whoa, here whoa, with Nikki whoa. G. Yeah. <laughs> but nonetheless, <laughs> you know, nonetheless, we, we want you guys to be doing the same thing that Nikki G did. Call us up. Let us know what you thought of the last Jeep show you went to and that sort of stuff especially if it's one that we've been talking about here on the show. Okay, class, it's time for a review. Let's check it out. Check it out. It's time for Jeep Mama's product review. Yeah, what is it and why do I want it? You know, Tony and Josh, I went and looked back at, because I have a list of all the product reviews I've done, and I have never done one on my Riddler manufacturing Dana 44 diff covers. <gasps> I know. So tonight I'm going to share, or this morning, or this afternoon, whenever you're listening, is um, my Riddler Manufacturing Dana 44 front and rear diff covers. First of all, you get them from Riddler Manufacturing, um, and I mine were about $110 for two of them. And I really, really like these because... One of the problems I could have had with my stock diff covers is there's a little lip that goes just below the housing unit and you should see the, how banged up it got from going over the rocks. And I'm told that if you hit a rock just right, it could pull it right off of um, your Jeep. So that was one of the upgrades I decided to make to protect the undercarriage of my Jeep and these Riddler diff covers are cast from a high-grade ductile iron. They're not welded together. It's like they're poured into a cast. Um, they're CNC machined. Mine are purple, but they don't come in purple. You have to paint them well, yourself. Well, of course not. <laughs> yes. Um, and th these have the lip-free, smooth transition design, so they're not going to grab onto those rocks. They have recessed fasteners. They have 5 16th wall inch wall thickness, a raised fill plug, which is higher than the other fill plugs. Um, it comes with the hardware 
and the Permatex sealant if you want it, but I didn't go for that. I went ahead and used lube blockers, which were so easy to use, and they've held. My diff covers have held. Of course, I've scratched them up. They're going to scratch when you go over the rocks, um, but they're super duper tough and durable. Um, and I've done a video way back when I installed them. I did a video, but it was kind of a lame video. Um, it wasn't as great as my videos are now. So I just re-edited it with some more sound, and it's how easy it is to install these yourself. And a comment on my YouTube channel from uh, somebody who watched it, he said, great video. Unfortunately, I didn't think of swapping out the diff covers until I was driving home from having the fluid change. I was thinking it wow. couldn't be that difficult. And he told me that I made it look easier than he thought it would be. <laughs> By the way, I really enjoy your channel. I found it way back when you were F-bombing your way through RC. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's, you know, it's really, really easy. And like I say in the video, if I can do it, you can do it. And it's a super great upgrade you should do to protect your gears, um, especially going over the rocks if you're up Roush Creek or parks similar to that. Or even tree stumps, because you never know, you know, when just when you think you're out of the woods, bang, that's what happened to me. You run into these rocks. So they're, I love them. They're a great price. And they come in, if you don't have Dana 44s, I think they come in other sizes. I'll have to go look. So if you have an idea for a product review, go and visit our contact page and let us know what you'd like to hear on our next product review. And coming up in a few minutes, folks, we're going to hear a little about some events that are happening in your hometown, around the nation, in Wheeling Ware. So real quick, uh, I'm not going to do a proper Cherokee love uh, this uh, this episode, but uh, real quick, I want to remind everybody uh, in uh, the sound of my voice that you're if you're close to Texas or you want to drive to Texas, uh, I will be heading out to Hidden Falls Adventure Park. Uh, this weekend, Saturday, uh, it's in Marble Falls, Texas, or, or very close to it. And uh, the, uh, the I think it's, uh, nah, I'm not going to go with price. Let's look it up on the internet. I think it's $20 uh, to, uh, for a Jeep and then $5 per person, additional person. Uh, but uh, look it up on the internet. And uh, going to be out there uh, this, uh, this Saturday, July 14th. I've been talking about this for several weeks. If this is the first time you're hearing about it, uh, uh, like uh, Nate, for example, uh, who's listening to it in December. Uh, too bad, too sad. <laughs> He's too far to make the trip anyway, but it'd be fun to meet Nate. Um, but uh, it'd be fun to meet you. So come on out uh, July 14th, this Saturday, uh, the, really tomorrow since we released this on Friday, and uh, come out and get a sticker and, uh, uh, you know, uh, see what a red Jeep looks like. You know, I was thinking it would be a great, I think we're going to have about a total of four people showing up. And I thought it'd be really great if I had like a bullhorn and I was standing on the sliders uh, on my uh, my Jeep addressing the massive uh, four-person crowd. I think that'd make a great picture. What do you guys think? Well, there you go. Yeah, I'd like that. I'd like to see that. <laughs> Actually, somebody needs to get a magnet sticker like Nikki G got for me. Oh, yeah. But they need to get one for you. Red Jeep's that rock, says, yeah. No, that was that says I'd rather be a black jeep. Oh. 
and stick it on Tony's Jeep. Accidents happen. So reading here in the notes, I'm thinking you went to a buffet. <laughs> I wish. I, I do like I do like buffets. Yeah. I love now, the cafeteria uh, settings, you know, where you just tell them what you want. And then as soon as you get it, you can just sit down and eat. Oh, I just like being able to, you know, pile on as many portions of whatever I nice. want, you know, and then then making my own dessert that people judge <laughs> me for. It's like, right. Hell, <laughs> no, you could stack sprinkles that high. Right, exactly. No, no, you eat too much. You don't know. Come back to this buffet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I am so close. I can taste it. But honestly, it's probably just the leftover stuff that's fallen out from underneath <laughs> the Jeep that I'm still pulling out of my hair. Yes. Now, when you take an air hammer to a Jeep, especially one that's, you know, 20 some odd years old, um, things fall off, primarily dirt and grime and grit and all that other sort of stuff and metal shavings and everything else that, you know, accumulates underneath a Jeep that's going underneath, a, a, you know, three years of modifications. Ah, I, I, I am tackling one project after another and just scratching stuff off my list left and right, Tony. So it's it's. It's been a lot of progress. It's been a lot of headaches, and it's been like, oh yeah, I forgot that I have to do that yeah. as well while I'm in here. Um, and and it's a lot of stuff is like, I really don't want to go back in and do this later. This is the perfect time to do this. I need to do this now. And one of those things was um, removing my my transfer case drop kit that I had put in there umpteen years ago when I first got the Jeep and I first did the the phase one of of the lift kit. Uh, which was, a, I think, like a two-inch budget boost or something like that. But I had a little bit of driveline vibrations. Um, and so it was, it was you know, shim the axle and, and, and drop the transfer case a little bit, and that took care of it. And I just ran it like that for a while, primarily because uh, when I had put that in there, one of the studs that came, uh, that, you know, kind of protrudes out of the bottom of the frame there, the unibody, whatever, um, had snapped off. And so I just, all right, I'm just going to tack weld you know, this corner of the bracket onto the frame and call it good. And I'm not going to have to deal with this for a while. So that's just what it's going to be. And that's the way it's been for the last, what, seven, eight years or, or, or whatever. And so it's, it's, um, it, it was definitely due time for that to come out. I mean, I've had the slip yoke eliminator for a while. There's other modifications that have been made, a completely different suspension system and all that other sort of stuff. So, uh, it was time for this to come out, but I had to address that broken stud which meant I needed to get that stud out. I figured, all right, you know, I'll just go ahead and drill it out. I've got a good set of easy outs. I should be able to just really quick. And, and I did. I drilled it right through that stud. It, it, that went relatively easy. I got the easy out in there. And I'm, you know, I mean, I'll, let's go ahead and soak <laughs> this down really good. Let's go ahead and add some heat and whatnot. And, you know, for a couple of days, I made sure I had all my prep in order to get that stud out. And so I'm working on it with the easy out. I'm working on it. And I'm trying to, you know, it's in there. And it's biting. And, oh, am I getting a little bit of movement? Is that, is that rotating? <laughs> Snap. Uh, yes, you are getting movement. <laughs> I am getting rotation of the easy out, twisting off and breaking off inside that bolt. Well, okay, here we go. So it's break out the drill bits, get the carbide bits going. I'm trying to drill around it. That's not going very fast. I open up one of the holes a little bit with a larger bit. I get my body saw in there. I got a reciprocating air saw um, to get in there, and I'm trying to cut, but it's like I'm cutting through weld. I'm cutting through you know, weld nut. I'm cutting through triple thickness of, of, of <laughs> unibody. It's not going very fast. All right. I've gone through three blades. I've gotten a quarter inch of metal cut. This is not working out so well. Break out the air hammer. And for two hours, I'm, I'm sitting there just air hammering away 
at that weld nut in the frame, trying to get it to break loose. I'm going back and forth with the body saw. I'm hammering on it with a BFH and a drift, still not coming out, back to the air hammer, two hours of just underneath the Jeep and stuff raining down on me. And I finally get the thing to budge and it folds over inside the frame. Perfect. Cut it out. Take the burr bit on the die grinder and, and just oval, you know, around off the hole, you know, really good. And I welded in the new stud and it was just like, ah, you know, so much time <laughs> for this one little thing that's holding me up from putting the cross member back in and buttoning up the transfer case install. But I finally got it done and I uh, realized that uh, after I had gotten everything all buttoned up and lined up just perfectly and bolted into place that I forgot the exhaust hanger bracket. <laughs> so off it came <laughs> to do it all over again. Well, the test fit was successful. Yes, exactly. So uh, th- that was uh, one of those things where it's like, ah, dang it, you know, extra parts. Ah, gotta re- gotta redo this. So, uh, but uh, the last thing I've got is to hook up the linkage and uh, hook up the drive lines, and off I go. So that is what's going to happen Friday night, Saturday morning. I'm planning on heading down to. Uh, the Department of Motor Vehicles and, uh, or actually the DEQ. I got to get it. Uh, got to go through smog, and uh, and get new tags for it because it's uh, expired for a little while. So I do that, and there is a chance I might actually be able to get a shakedown run in this weekend as well, which I am really, really oh, trying wow. to look. Uh, trying you mean to make actually that like happen. Off road so. shakedown. Or? Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. So it would be uh, about an hour and a half drive um, to where I want to go. And uh, to, to get, you know, get off road and, and, and really get it through its paces and whatnot. Now, there's a chance I might even uh, have a rear locker in by then as well. So uh, the front's locked up. The rear needs to get locked up, too. I uh, ended up procuring a, uh, a locker from a fellow Jeeper here. Uh, not that far from me. It was about an hour drive. But it was, uh, it was just one of those deals that I couldn't pass up. Uh, so it was, it was like, all right, I got to make this happen. Going to drive and go meet this guy. And uh and it worked out pretty good. So, um, yeah, that's that's what's on the table. I really, I mean, like I said, I'm so close I can taste it. So there is a chance that I'm going to be wheeling this weekend with you, Tony. Not really with you, but with right. You. So real quick, uh, I, I think we I think we told people about the drive shaft being locked up, uh, and you had some some success with that, right? I did. Yeah, I I, uh, I off the air and and uh, through chat and whatnot, I told you guys about this. Um, I had a, a a buddy come over and I was I was working on this thing with with a come along I, I couldn't get it to to budge I didn't want to start snapping or breaking stuff um I'm hammering on it I'm sitting there with a propane torch I'm not getting anywhere I'm hammering on it hammer I'm not getting anywhere finally I get a buddy to come over and we're hitting on this thing with an oxygen acetylene torch I mean just a smoke show too uh and and finally after I I forgot how long we were on it with the torch and beating on it with a sledgehammer uh, a small little hand sledge finally got it to budge. I was like, "Yes, finally got movement." Uh, so torch went off and just started beating on this thing, beating on it and beating on it, and finally got the the drive line to separate, got the yoke to separate, and uh, you would not believe the amount of mud and gunk and grit and grime and just so much crap was in that joint. It's not even funny. So an entire bottle of engine cleaner degreaser. To clean out that slip yoke, uh, get it all douched out really good, and uh, got in there with uh, with even with a um, a coat hanger and cleaned out the splines and whatnot. The vent hole I cleaned out the whole nine yards and uh, greased it up really good. And lo and behold, the drive shaft once again 
has has uh, has slipped. So I'm able to uh, use the drive line that I had. I was really worried I was going to have to have to replace that. And uh, well, having just bought a locker, even though it was you know half off a of retail, um, that money was going to be the driveline money. So it actually worked out really good this way. Um, but I'm still probably likely going to go with a replacement, keep this as a spare, right. um, or as a as a you know spare for the front, something like that. I, I'm not sure exactly what. My in, immediate focus is getting the shakedown run, getting everything buttoned up, and getting the shakedown run done so that I can get any adjustments made or repairs done or whatever for an event that I'm going to be attending, which is the, um, God, I don't know, like the 58th or something annual Jolly Jeepers back to basics run. And, uh, that's a weekend long wheeling event that I'm going to be attending out here in Oregon. And that's in a week. Yeah, I think last year they told you you bring that Honda again. We're stripping you naked. Yeah, <laughs> I was. I, I had to show. Well, I was. I was invited. To, this is an event that I've been to like eight. This will be my eighth year or something like that. And and I was invited last year to MC the event. And uh, and I my, the Jeep was obviously down. And I show up in the Honda and I got m- more than a couple <laughs> few sideways looks. So. Well, Tammy, you're going to be doing some sideways looking uh, out uh, off road again here, aren't you? Um, yeah, actually I wasn't going to go, um, not this weekend, but next weekend. Cause the PA Jeep show was in town, but now I'm like not in town here, but in York, Pennsylvania. Right. So I decided I'm going to go, um, off-roading because one of the guys I went wheeling with at Uari is driving all the way from there to Roush Creek, which is a long drive. That's three extra hours than I went. So I Whoa. thought, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to meet up with him and some other people I wheeled with at Uari um, on the 21st. And something really exciting. Remember my fender issue with the stains and all that? You got peanut butter on it or something, didn't you? Or was yeah, it I chocolate? Ch- <laughs> no, I tried to put peanut butter on it because ah. said that would make it come up. But I discovered the best solution ever. Mother's Flamethrower. T- <laughs> yeah. Mother's tire foam. You just spray that on your fenders and you let the foam get to a clear liquid. And sometimes there's drips, but before they dry up, you just wipe them. My fenders are so shiny and sparkly and all that stained mud and that wax is gone. I think that stuff wears off pretty quick, though. I was going to say, do you have to hose it off? Is this something you have to reapply every week in order to keep it looking good? Or, you know, if you, if you go a, you know, a month or two, or is, is it just going to soak in or go away or fade out and your stains are going to come back? I, I could not answer that because I go wheeling so much that I get them oh, sure. dirty Rub again. Oh, sure. it in. Why don't you? <laughs> but I will let you know if it lasts up until next Saturday. Yeah. Right. So far, uh, on on tires, it only goes for you know two three days as long as it's not raining and it looks good right. for a few days. You know, I I, I put the the I've put the, the tire foam on my tires before. You know, you get the the Jeep oh, yeah. all cleaned up and stuff. It's right. just it's fun to have it all nice and shiny and actually but have black tires. So, you know, yeah, it's <laughs> so much easier. Yeah, so much easier than that mother's black to black. Well, back you, to black, where you have to scrub it. Yeah, well, Tammy, you need to uh, you need to go with metal fenders as much off roading no, as you do. I know. You need to replace those fenders. Get I some. I don't have you, any uh, more Legos to sell. Well, you know, I know. I time to, to have you, another kid. All right, I would. Uh, <laughs> I, I'd I'd sell that BMW and uh, get you some fenders. 
Yeah, I can't do that. That's my kids. He's got a new job. He got a job today. Oh, that's great. Uh, dang. Uh, well, that just pretty much seals the deal yeah. then. Well, yeah. tell, him, tell him, you know, with that extra money, idea. with that extra money you have, uh, you sure could buy some nice Legos. Exactly. He's going to be working at CarMax. Oh, cool. Ooh. Yeah. So he'll, he'll be filling the vending machine? Yeah. Now the, he's going to make car sure. The vending machine? Make sure the cars are ready for the the new the new buyers. Oh, nice. So, yeah, it's great. Uh, it's not a bad job to have at all. Learn a little responsibility there and uh, get to uh, uh, play around with vehicles. Learn a lot saying, about vehicles. Learn a few things about some cars, too. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yep, exactly. So I already mentioned the uh, Hidden Falls run this weekend. Sure hope you guys can uh, can come out. If, even if you can't, we'll be having some pictures, uh, hopefully lots of pictures. And uh, uh, I was uh, I was telling Brian today, uh, Route 16, that I was uh, going to be nervous. Uh, I think I told you too, Tammy, that I was going to be nervous until I was within 100 miles of home uh, coming back because, uh, you know, I just don't have a lot of uh, going off road and not breaking something and making it back home. I, I hate driving three hours uh, someplace, but you know, Tammy, you do this all the time and you make it back. Right. My, my Jeep's a little older than, older than yours though. So, uh, just concerned, uh, daily driver and, uh, yeah, you know, but man, I got the Atlas in there, got the, uh, the locker. I'm hoping to get the onboard air, uh, all ready to go, uh, for a set for Saturday. But even if the, uh, the locker can't use the locker on Saturday, I can still go. People, uh, go wheeling with uh, open diffs all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Yep. So looking forward to that. Uh, it's going to be fun to get out there. I've never been to this park before. Uh, it's supposed to be a lot of uh, a lot of rock and trail and uh, no mud or, or or not much mud, and uh, it should be fun. Looking forward to it. Well, hey, you guys want to join in on this chat? You pop around the campfire side and well, just join in on the fun. Well, you can do that by any number of ways, but you got to go to jeeptalkshow.com/slash/contact and find out how. All right, let's get to some events that are happening around the area, guys. We have Lake Tahoe's High Lows Four-Wheel Drive Club presenting the 28th Annual Gambler's Poker Run happening Saturday 18th at the Centerville Flat Campground in Markleyville, California. This is a guided, slow-moving four-wheel drive trip through the Deer Valley Trail area. This is the uh, the same area. Deer Valley, that's where... No, I'm thinking of Johnson Valley where uh, King of the Hammers is. But this is going to have a barbecue um, and big raffle afterwards. This is limited to properly equipped vehicles. They need you to have a minimum of 31-inch tires, but they recommend 33s or bigger. Uh, full-size trucks are not recommended. They probably keep this one just for the Jeeps. They do recommend street-legal vehicles as well as this one. This trip is going to have about 30 miles of highway travel in between trails. Uh, we have the Muddy Buddy Jeep Jam happening August 17th through the 19th at the Clinton County Fairgrounds in Wilmington, Ohio. Uh, new location this year, even bigger and better than years past. More vendors, nearly double from years prior. They've expanded trail rides to include never-before-wheeled terrain and are even going to have on-site camping, an obstacle course, food, music, and a whole lot more. Uh, and for more information on this or any of these events, just head over to jeeptalkshow.com and look for the show notes for this episode, and we'll have all the links. We have Ocean City Jeep Week happening August 23rd through the 26th at the May Sport Complex in Pittsville, Maryland. And we have the annual Great Smoky Mountain Jeep Invasion August 24th through the 25th in LeConte Center in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. And again, any of these events you want to learn more information on, see pictures, how much it's going to cost, where they're at, all that sort of stuff, just head over to the website and look for the show notes of this episode. You'll have all the links you can click on. 
Well, hey, do you know of an off-road event coming up? Shoot us an email with some details. Have you been to a Jeep event recently? We'd love to hear from you. Just go to our contact page at jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Hey, folks, and go check out my award-winning blog at www.jeepmama.com. And if you're looking for a radio commercial for your product or your business, check me out at thevoiceofjosh.com. That's it for this week, guys. Until next week, be sure to follow, friend, like, subscribe, and above all else, be sure to tell a friend about the one and only Jeep Talk Show. So no matter where you are wheeling, if you pack it in, pack it out. And don't wheel where you're not supposed to. Remember to always tread lightly. If you'd like to learn more about the Tread Lightly principles, head over to treadlightly.org. Light application by stimulated emission of radiation or laser. Casting since 2010. Hey, not ready for the show to be over? Now we understand that. Now it doesn't have to. You can get bonus content exclusively on the Jeep Talk Show app. Just go to the Apple Store or Google Play and search for Jeep Talk Show, download the app, install it on your tablet or phone, and press the bonus content. You know, it looks like a little present. 